I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. All right, Wetmore, let's consider this an emergency recording. Although we were going to do, I think we were going to do a scheduled recording here in the next couple days, but now that Lance Lynn is officially a twin, uh, it's an emergency recording of the Touch Em All podcast, my friend. Well, and we've got to say goodbye to Anibal Sanchez. That's actually the main reason I buried the lead. Yes, it's the Anibal <laughs> Sanchez say. funeral. Uh, before we dive into all of this and, uh, and a few more things, Let's quick talk about the best dealership and service department. Not like any dealership, car dealership, I should specify. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, which has been keeping the Touch em All podcast alive and well for the last two or three years. And uh, if you haven't checked out some of the brand new Camrys and Corollas and RAV4s, you're going to love the slick new exterior, the 8-inch touchscreen. Uh, on the interior, it's the 3.0 Entune system and all the safety features. So uh, take our word for it here on the Touch em All podcast. Luther Brookdale Toyota is a family-like atmosphere. Experts, durable, sleek vehicles. You won't regret going there. In fact, you'll probably do what my family has done, which is you'll just stop going elsewhere for uh, multiple decades. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Um, where do you want to start here? I mean, Lance, I, I, let me throw this at you, and then we can we can kind of riff from there. I think one of the there's like four or five things I really like about the Lance Lynn signing. Um, maybe the number one thing being if you take away Lance Lynn and Jake Odorizzi, and then account for the fact that Irvin Santana may or may not be ready sometime in April, they had a chance to go into the season with a rotation, something like Jose Barrios, Kyle Gibson, Adalberto Mejia, Phil Hughes, Aaron Sleggers. And now, Derek, no longer are you just relying on fringe Major League rotation guys in a year that you hope to make the playoffs and make some noise. Like, you can have those guys compete for starting innings with that five slot. It's just the depth is so much better now. Totally agree. Uh, well, and I think the big thing is... In- the recent moves that they'd made, I'd kind of looked at it and said, yeah, I guess this helps them in 2018 for sure, but I couldn't help but be a little cynical and say, a lot of these moves, Phil, look like they're geared for 2019 or at least giving themselves the option. I mean, Jake Odorizzi will still be on the team, Logan Morrison. Uh, yeah, Fernando Rodney, I guess, is a short-term play, but Addison Reed was a two-year deal. So they are kind of looking at these like low-risk deals that – add 2019 wins to the team too and i thought like does that mean they're not trying in 2018 or like it's just sort of an afterthought well lance lynn is not an afterthought lance lynn's a one-year deal designed to win games in 2018 and i think i think if you thought this team was an 81 win you know like 500 team before spring started this looks like almost I hate to say this is getting out there for in the hot take land for me, but this could be a 90-win team and comfortably in the conversation in the American League wildcard. I, I think that some things would have to break right for them, but you add Lance Lynn to this rotation and deepen it out that much more, I think the Twins could win 90 games. I agree. I think it's a 90-win team. I'm not going to say for sure because, you know, 
non-zero and baseball and all these different things yes. that you know come into play. But uh, but like they're obviously their range of of wins goes up with credible starting pitchers added to the mix here. Um, I, it's you know if Lance Lynn might not be the same pitcher we saw in St. Louis before the surgery where he was one of the 20, 25 best pitchers in Major League Baseball uh, in his mid twenties and. Like, he, he was one of the more reliable, durable starting pitchers in either league from 2012 through 2015 when, you know, he eventually underwent surgery. And so I've been trying to, like, the biggest question here is, why wasn't there more of a market for Lance Lynn? And there's about 10 or 12 other players who are wondering the same thing in their agents. There was a report that Mike Moustakis actually turned down, and Scott Boris is his agent, that Mike Moustakis actually turned down a three-year, $45 million contract with the Angels in November or December, hmm. thinking, oh, we can get five or six years. We'll just let this thing play out. He settles for one year, $8.7 million. Yeah. Like the longer, this is where players and, and agents completely misread the market and the timelines. As you go further along, the pressure turns to the players and agents to get into camp. You know, if, if you're in Lance Lynn... The season starts in like two and a half weeks, and he's yet to face a major league lineup. He's yet to really ramp up. I'm sure he's been throwing bullpens. I have no doubt that, you know, that he'll be ready for the start of the season. But these guys got to get in. They got to start facing lineups, and so um, the the leverage goes toward the team. So that's one reason why he was available for one year, twelve million dollars. But I've been yeah. trying to parse apart some of the other reasons. His velocity hasn't dipped a ton. Maybe like one mile per hour uh, on average on his fastball since the surgery. Uh, he still has a pretty similar batted ball profile in terms of the result of the batted ball. So he's got the same ground ball rate as he did pre-surgery, uh, about the same fly ball rate. His swinging strike rate is about the same. In fact, exactly the same as it was before the surgery. The two biggest things that stand out, and one of them stands out not just for him, but for pretty much every pitcher in baseball last year, his home run rate skyrocketed. So the percentage of yeah. fly balls that went over the fence for him, skyrocketed. And even though his swinging strike rate is the same as it was before the surgery, he actually struck out fewer hitters by like 3 4 5% on a, on a plate appearance basis last year. So, yeah. uh, if he, so home runs and strikeouts are sort of the, the two things to watch categorically if you're trying to figure out if Lance Lynn is the same guy he was pre-surgery with the Twins this year. Right. Well, I mean, we can talk all day about um, the individual pitcher, but just quickly on the market that – there weren't a ton of teams out there looking for non-U Darvish starters, apparently. I mean, the Twins were able to get Jake Odorizzi for basically nothing in a trade. I mean, if, if teams were looking for that kind of starter, he was available. And uh, Lance Lynn, available. Alex Cobb, as of this recording, still available. Jake Arrieta, available. So I look at it and say, yeah, a lot of teams in baseball just aren't trying, and I think that's a very fair statement we could argue whether baseball is going to have to do something about that or not, but there are teams that are not trying that do not need to make their rotation better and more expensive. And then there's the teams like the twins who were kind of right on the fringe of the playoffs and should have been hyper motivated to make their team better. I was saying that after the Jake go trade that, yeah, this is nice, but like you got to get better than this. If you really want to go to the postseason. And I got a lot of heat for that. Well, I guess the Twins must have agreed because they went out and got Logan Morrison and Lance Lynn, two pretty big contributors for 2018. 
And to add those wins at this time for the Twins, I think is really important. I think it puts them solidly in that fray. Um, One thing on the individual pitcher, you and I disagreed about him a little bit earlier this offseason, and I was a little more pessimistic on him, but even I can't say... Boy, for one year and possibly $12 million to add to this rotation and maybe bump a Phil Hughes or something like that, uh, or Alberto Mejia, I don't know. It's pretty hard to argue with that. This is a this is a big-time important upgrade for the Twins, and the price obviously is right. I think we could dig into his stats profile and his uh, his pitch mix and everything and say, Probably not quite the same pitcher post surgery as he was pre. He missed all of 2016 with Tommy John. Pitched last year, so last year's really, in my opinion, Phil, the only data set that we can reliably use and say, here's who this guy is and might be going forward. And I think he's a good, not great pitcher. I mean, he's a mid rotation starter, but on a team that could use as many of those as possible. Well, that's a pretty good thing. Here, let me get my quick elevator pitch because i was talking to somebody who doesn't know baseball at all but still wanted the quick take on this um and they think and they think the poll ads are cheap (laughs) no then they hate joe (laughs) mauer for for saving two hundred thousand dollars by getting rid of anibal sanchez today instead of like in (laughs) three days (laughs) they hate joe mauer they think he's just an overpaid singles hitter um i said i said look they said oh who's lance lynn and i said he's not great but he was available and they got him at a good price and they say, well, is that a good thing? And I said, yes, because while they don't have like an ace, a superstar, I mean, unless Boreos develops into that, this is probably another episode for another time, they don't really have that ace. But there is something to be said because some teams are a few really good players, some good players, and then a lot of bad players. And there's something to be said for just filling out your team with guys that you think are going to be good. And yeah. I, I I see the same thing with Logan Morrison, with Jake Odorizzi. You know, I see no problem for a Twins team that's sort of just on the come a little bit with young position players to just load up with good players on the rest of their roster. I think that's a pretty good formula. Yeah. I mean, they – this is – there's not a whole lot to compare it to because it's not like the Twins are known historically for having big-time money-spending off-seasons. You know, like the one off-season yeah. where they splurged for Irvin Santana and – Ricky Nolasco was by far the most money they've ever spent. So, yeah. you know, they're not like they – and they tried to get you Darvish. They did offer $100-plus million for you Darvish. So I think the and, – and then obviously they've made up for not getting you Darvish by spending money in other areas. But when you start to lay it out, this is maybe the best, most aggressive offseason in team history at a time where it makes sense. They've been criticized, and these are mostly Terry Ryan offseasons that have been criticized in the past – uh, where he, you know he'll have a chance to to take a 95 loss team and turn it around in free agency, which is not how you turn around a 95 loss team ever. Like that strategy almost never works, um, and and then you just hamstring yourself with bad contracts. And I always defended him in those moments because you had to get your core right first before you started to supplement with free agents and have it be meaningful. I mean, you could spend money on guys like Nolasco, but he ain't going to help you fix a 95-loss team. And that was pretty pretty apparent when when uh, when that contract looked terrible about a year and a half in. But this is the right time to be aggressive. You've got a great core, especially of position players and hitters, that took you to the playoffs last year. You can build on that. This is the right time to be aggressive. And, 
And I don't think any of the moves they made are going to hamstring them in the future. They're all one- and two-year contracts. They've yeah. spent $130 million on this year's payroll, which is second in the division, just behind the Indians. And it's the highest payroll they've ever had. And if they want to, they can... Go back to the well next off season when twelve million dollars of Lance Lynn comes off the books and twenty three right. million dollars of Joe Maurer comes off the books. They can make a trade at the deadline. So they've they've built their core. They've supplemented with with savvy and in some ways aggressive free agent signings. But they've also given themselves flexibility to keep morphing this roster this summer and next off season. It's I mean for me I don't know I don't know if it's an A plus because I think an I think landing you you Darvish would have been a step up, but uh, it's definitely an A or an A minus off season for for the Twins, and like I said, maybe the best in in franchise history. Derek, yeah, I am solidly in the A A minus range um, because their stated goal was starting pitching in bullpen. Well, yeah. they added Addison Reed, Fernando Rodney, Zach Duke. They're getting back Trevor Hildenberger and other guys like that, and then in the starting rotation, you've bumped guys that in previous years, Phil, we've we sort of joked about the hope against hope. They've they've always sort of thought, well, like if this guy has his best year ever and this guy has his best year ever and this guy has a breakout year and this guy comes out of nowhere, then we're set. It's like right right, but you know, if you're just rolling dice and the universe is random, what are the chances of all of those things happening at once? Exactly. And in this case, they're not hoping for that. They're saying, all right, Here's a guy who we think could be like a two or three win pitcher, Jake Odorizzi. Cool. Add him in here. And we had a, I would argue they had a pretty low, um, you know, replacement level. So it wasn't like going from zero to three. It was like going from minus one to three almost, you know, in terms of wins. And I think that you could not quite make the same argument for Lance Lynn because the, the depth is there now. I like, let's look at the depth. Um, and let me say one quick thing, too, is that somebody asked me on a Facebook video. I went live for 1500 ESPN right after the signing just to kind of talk about it. And tons of people showed up. It was pretty cool. I I'd, I hadn't seen as many people live in a video in a while. Um, they must not have stayed for very long. Our metrics weren't very <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> Are you suggesting uh, that it's happening? Are fans picking up on the... On the excitement of it's happening. I think it might be happening. Well, like our hardcore fans, like the Touch Em All podcast listeners, they've been there. Like this spring has been awesome, and you've talked about it, but we set a downloads record this month for the Touch Em All podcast. And I don't know if you've said this, but like it's not close. I mean, we crushed our previous record. People yes. are. And thank you guys. We should, I, we should have probably yes. started the show with that. But yeah, we. And part of it is like you were in you were in Fort Myers and you were on our show every day and so we just had more stuff that we were putting out to people but you guys consumed it and you listened and you helped us uh, reach a new milestone with uh, with downloads so yeah thank you everyone yes tons of iTunes ratings too we'll have to read those on a future show because I always get a kick out of what people choose to say when they rate us five stars on iTunes uh, totally an open book you can write whatever you want to but um, yes for another day. Uh, but somebody asked, and it was a very astute question, that, hey, if Lance Lynn's not ready to go, like, let's say he's not opening day. Because I've said, I think Jake Odorizzi's going to start on opening day for these guys. That's just my hunch. It's my gut feel that the Twins won't need a fourth starter until, I think it's April 11th. I'd have to go back and do the math. But it's second week of April. 
And wouldn't that be convenient if you could just stretch out Lance Lynn, let him face some hitters here in spring training, get some innings, get some pitches, get his pitch count up, and then when you need a fifth starter two weeks into the season, oh, here in comes trotting Lance Lynn, and he's ready to make that start. I I think it's a possibility, although if I'm just to be in full disclosure— I'm no longer in Fort Myers, so it's not like something I've kicked around with a ton of people. This is just a harebrained idea that one of my Facebook viewers, you know, helped come up with yesterday at the time of the signing. But uh, let's go through the starting five, Phil, because for me, it's Odorizzi, uh, Boreos, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Irvin Santana whenever he comes back. Which and that leaves sounds... you with no. Yeah, and that leaves you with no lefties, which is maybe a reason to put Adalberto Mejia in over a Kyle Gibson. But the fact that they yeah. just paid Kyle Gibson a few million dollars, uh, well, I, 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 I'd highly doubt if they would start him in the bullpen. But yeah, well, and I really like Kyle Gibson. Me. I like him more than I like Adalberto Mejia, just flat out. I mean, if you're talking about career, I'll take Mejia because he's young, he's still got a chance. But if you're talking about like. If you took me, gave me the second half of both pitchers last year and said you can get that for 30 starts, I'll take Gibson. Um, and look, the nice thing about this, as Judd pointed out to me in an email, if Gibson struggles, bye-bye. This, is, this makes it very easy for the Twins to say, no, we got somebody else for that. We don't need to rely on 30 sub-replacement level starts. We can just say, pull the plug, because they're going to, we, we just, that's my five, but here's the depth behind that. Phil Hughes, Alberto Mejia, the ghost of Anibal Sanchez, now that he's no longer with them. But I guess, what, you circle back on a minor league deal if you want to. Um, if they're very, very convinced that their analytics will fix him. Um, then you got Tyler Duffy, Aaron Slager, Stephen Consalves, Fernando Romero, Zach Littell, Felix Jorge. I mean, these are some depth guys that you're probably not going to see right away out of the shoot. But you do get into this conversation there where it gets kind of interesting that you're probably not going to need to pluck Adam Wilk and beg him to start a couple oh of games God. for you. And you don't <laughs> so need Nick many. Tepish throwing whatever he has <laughs> left up at Major League hitters, hoping that they'll just line out to somebody. Like The Twins have taken that level of pitcher and replaced it with Aaron Slegers, who's serviceable, yes. uh, uh, Phil Hughes, if there's anything left, Adalberto Mejia, who's a good prospect. The Twins are no longer going to be digging in sort of that soft underbelly and saying, please, Tim Melville, just get us through some starts. And they're going to say, all right, we've got like 12 guys now that we think are going to give us a representative start each time out. I'm going to miss the Adam Wilk days. I really, you know, I thought uh, I thought it was a good run there of just plucking random guys off waivers and putting them in your starting rotation. It was so, so amazing that, <laughs> I mean, they did it to themselves. They went into the year without enough depth. But then, like, as the world turns, they just went and got another starter and said, okay, yeah. it's your turn today, bud. Fresh arm. That was their favorite phrase last year, fresh arm. Like, yeah, yeah, but you should probably try to get fresh, good arms. It's like somebody, somebody said in this, they said, I like the Lance Lynn signing. This was on the Facebook video, Phil, uh, which I'm sure you were uh, glued to and just didn't drop any comments. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have been at the uh, Demi Lovato concert last night, just <laughs> ro- rocking out at Target Center. Boyfriend of the yes. year, baby. <laughs> yes. Well, I hope they had Wi-Fi, and you maybe could have tuned into 1500 ESPN on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but no matter, uh, somebody brought up the idea that they like Lance Lynn because he's an innings eater. And I really hope that this phrase goes by the wayside because I think it's sort of dumb. I think that 
somebody being an innings eater is either a compliment or an insult, and we need to be clearer about which one we mean. And in this case, I think Lance Lynn being an innings eater, quote-unquote, is a compliment. Yes. I, I, I argue with our buddy uh, at the station, Chris Reavers, about this. He he likes innings eaters, and I say, I don't like if you're just going to go mop up bad innings with a 5.5 ERA. I, then don't eat those innings. Save them for somebody else and go have a salad. I want somebody to go, <laughs> if you're going to run up 180 innings in a season, I want them to be good innings. And frankly, I think Lance Lynn has a pretty good chance to give you 180 good innings. So I, yes. it's hard to dislike the signing. Oh, last note. They do give up a draft pick. I'm told it's number 95 overall. I thought it'd be 75 because they were supposed to give up their third draft pick. But going to have to do some clarifying on that to figure out why their third pick is protected. And so really they're giving up a top 100 draft pick, um, which, you know, yeah, could turn into a prospect. So that's a cost. But for the draft pick... A one-year deal and twelve million bucks—that's a pretty low cost for a guy you think might be a three-win pitcher this year. I, I think it's really, really hard to not like this signing for the Twins. Totally agree. And uh, and if things go bad this season, you can spin him off in a trade. You can spin Brian Dozier off in a trade. There's just a lot of flexibility. I have uh, to wrap this podcast here, and then we'll have plenty more stuff in the uh, in the coming days and weeks. I've got a stat of the week for you. Perfect. I, I might have one for you. It's uh, okay. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pay homage to uh, a former Minnesota Twin who just announced his retirement this week. Forty six million dollars, the amount of money Mike Pelfrey made pitching in the major leagues between two thousand six and two thousand seventeen, with an ERA near five, bouncing around to different teams. Mike Pelfrey riding off into the sunset with a briefcase full of one hundred dollar bills. Yes, hashtag innings eater. That's exactly yes. what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> innings eater in the bad way. Um, let me leave you with one, Phil, because it's something we've been all positive, all optimism reigns on this podcast. I guess except the cheap shot I took at Hannibal Sanchez. That was mean. He's a nice guy. I shouldn't have done that. But here we are. We live our lives. The stat that I would be concerned about, if I was the Twins, and, and if you're going to poke holes in Lance Lynn, uh, his walk rate, Phil, was as bad as it had been last year. He's basically Kyle Gibson with the strikeouts, and he's not as good as Kyle Gibson with the ground balls. And with the walk rate, went up to 10.1% last year, which is very high. It's kind of like Jake Odorizzi level, but Odorizzi was hurt all year and basically couldn't get outs the way he wanted to. A 10.1% walk rate is something to keep your eye on if you're the Twins and Lance Lynn. So for anyone arguing that the Twins have their ace now or that he's the top of the rotation starter, I don't think so. Not unless he goes back to pre-surgery days, and then you could make the case. But uh, keep your eye on how much he's able to just attack the strike zone and avoid walking hitters, because that was a career-worst walk rate for Lance Lynn last year, and I think, frankly, a cause for concern. But right, at the right price tag, that. you're not going to argue it. Derek Wetmore, buzz killing the end of podcast yes. for the last three years. Thank you. For all eternity. Yes, that would actually be a good five-star <laughs> iTunes review. Five stars. Love the podcast. Love the analysis. But Wetmore is such a buzzkill. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This Soldier, 
Get a hold of yourself. Oh, Roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents, 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.